Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Waveframe Podcast. My name is Isaac. And before you go anywhere, if you could check us out. They just started. Why would they go somewhere? Well, just... Oh, you're right. But hey, Wait, keep I just, going, dude. I like it. Welcome <laughs> to Waveframe. Welcome back to another episode of the Waveframe Podcast. My name is Isaac, and we think that you should check out our Instagram page, Waveframe Pod, uh, at Waveframe Pod, and give us a five star review. That would help us out a lot. Today we're talking about Ride the Wave, Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings. Woo! And I have an amazing guest with me, Mr. Bryant Russ. Hello, everyone. And you usually host your own podcast, but this time you're a guest. How does yes, that this feel? This is way better. <laughs> What's better about it? <laughs> Less can, pressure? Yeah, and I don't have to edit later. <laughs> that's, that's usually, as I'm recording, I'm usually thinking like, how many hours is this going to take <laughs> to edit? But now I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Well, tell us a little bit. Um, why did we come to the uh, decision to record this for the Fellowship of the Ring. How did our conversation go? Well, yeah, I guess as a disclaimer, maybe you should call this episode a layman's two cents on the Lord <laughs> of the Rings because I'm, I'm not a movie critic or an expert by any means. We were talking in the parking lot of yeah. school uh-huh. um, about a potential Lord of the Rings episode. And I was just saying, oh, my goodness, I love the Lord of the Rings. The, the I do read the Fellowship of the Ring every year for the past eight or ten years i've read it every fall you said it's almost on loop it is on audible well yeah and so (laughs) to prove it to you isaac i pulled out my phone without touching anything i just opened my my (laughs) audiobooks and there it was yeah i think they were in at the council of elrond at that point i think that is correct (laughs) so So i've always loved the books but I, i i do love the movies as well and the fellowship is my favorite and how did you get introduced to lord of the rings actually isaac really quickly yeah I know our listeners won't be able to see this, but maybe you can describe it to them. Well, the oh no, I just opened the box by accident. Oh my! What do you Gandalf. have here? You have a Gandalf now, this figurine is from The Hobbit, so this does not count technically. But, still, but I do have Gandalf the Gray here. Gandalf to join the Gray, us. he's he's with us in the studio. Yes. And uh, he he was in the box until about 30 seconds ago when I pulled it out of my backpack. <laughs> and now he is only half in the box. He's he's uh, from The Hobbit, the, An Unexpected Journey. So he's Gandalf, yeah, the gray here. I was just looking into like how the book uh, actually describes Gandalf. And he's got like a silver scarf. and like, Silver scarf and his eyebrows <laughs> extend beyond the brim of his hat. <laughs> Which is always, I'm always just like, wait, what? Does he have a little brim or gigantic <laughs> eyebrows? There's a lot of uh, whimsical things yeah, in yeah. the books that you just kind of like take for like with a grain of salt, whereas the movies had to ground them in some sort of reality. Totally. Not even, not our re- reality, but they can't have uh, Gandalf's eyebrows as big as his hat no so. it's tricky to do the costume people are reading that thinking dang this is gonna be a challenge <laughs> exactly but yeah how, how were you first introduced to lord of the rings so <clears throat> i actually did see the movie before ever being exposed to the books and i remember as a as a little guy I, um, 
seeing that with my brothers. We, our whole family went to the theaters uh, and we, I remember thinking like, what the heck is this? I, I knew nothing about it. And at that point had really no fantasy at all. Mm-hmm. And watching this, I'm thinking like, this is so weird. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it actually watching in the theater. I mean, it just knew nothing of what there's, was going there's on. There's a lot of green skinned, sharp teeth, like yeah, orc yeah. people that in your brain is probably like, what's this goblin dude doing to this short man? Yeah. And I wasn't super old. And so I'm just like, what is this? But for some reason, it was one of those movies that grew on me after seeing it. So you saw it in theaters. I saw it in theaters. Yeah. Nice. And then, and then, yeah, after kind of falling in love with it between the fellowship and the two towers, movie releases then we were you know the the midnight release for the next two films classic but that yeah i remember actually thinking it was really weird (laughs) and then talking with my brothers on the way home about like some of the stuff that was we thought was kind of strange and then we were on vacation with my aunt and she was reading people magazine and she and i i looked at the magazine and there was an advertisement for the movie that was about to be released on uh, oh boy, VHS, you know, VHS and, and maybe yeah. DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Arwen crossing the river, uh, and and it said, "If you want it, come and claim it." Yes. With, the, with the picture of the the movie, yeah. and I remember just thinking like, "Oh yeah," and for some reason that was a moment of like, I actually think that was kind of cool. And then it, it anyway, it's amazing how memories stick with you that like that that seems so like not meaningful or not innocuous yeah. at first, but. It's one of those that comes back to you probably when you watch that scene, mm-hmm. I would expect. Yep. And why the fellowship? Why is that one you, you read more often than the other two? Okay, I'm going to sound like an oaf. There's probably better words to describe this, but I really like when there's like travel, like kind of quest. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the first, there's the most ground cover. There's the most, they move from different places in Middle Earth. Um and I just like that. You get variety. You get uh, you move from the Shire to that final scene where they part ways in the Fellowship, and everything in between the Mines of Moria. <clears throat> it's just it's a you get so much variety. Mm-hmm. Keeps moving. And I have a short attention span. I think maybe. <laughs> I think that's uh, something we share. We both love the Fellowship of the Ring. That story for me has stuck with me longer for some reason. I think it's because I love the the team dynamic, all of them yes. gelling together. Yes. And there's nine of them, and you'd think that's that's too many, but really they all have unique ways of living their life, unique perspectives, and I, I think that they they you know have a hard time at first, but because they don't get along, it makes it more rewarding toward the end when they totally. do get along. Totally. And you know some of that has to do with spoilers. <laughs> for if anyone. you haven't seen it at this <laughs> point, shame it. on you. There's going to be a lot of spoilers in this. But I think they bond through the, the death of Gandalf, and that allows them to, I guess you could argue Boromir goes the other way towards the end. But really, um, I love just seeing them, the seeds of what will come in the Two Towers and yeah. Return of the King, like Merry and Pippin and the, the three of them, Gimli, Legolas, and Aragorn, and Sam and Frodo. That's just really awesome. And it makes the reunion at the end that much better. Yep, most definitely. And boy, it hits on so many themes that are just important for human beings, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes people will make connections. I read a lot of books 
um, you know, thinking about J.R.R. Tolkien as a person of faith, uh, as, a, as a Christian and follower of Jesus and some of the religious themes. And I think that's to that's totally valid. But I think what's cool about the Bible is that those themes resonate with the human experience. And, and so, yeah, it's kind of like, they, they, of course, then so do the, in the Lord of the Rings. A lot of those same themes just, man, the biggest one, I think, with the fellowship if you've ever heard of Viktor Frankl, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. He talks about community and purpose. He as, was part of the uh, World War II. Yeah, yeah, he was in a concentration, in a concentration camp, camp, right? camp. And that those two ingredients he proposed were just foundational for humans to flourish. Um, that you have to have, if you're going to be healthy and, and even happy or have a sense of meaning in your life, community and purpose are just foundational. You can't have... A meaningful life without those two things and that's what the fellowship is i mean the fellowship is community the and purpose. yeah yeah <laughs> right exactly for what the ring <laughs> they have they have this purpose this quest that bonds them and you're right they're not like the the most the nine most compatible people in the world but they're they have this shared goal mm -hmm. and they've got to figure it out and they've got to go together and yeah that that clicks with human beings i love that you mentioned that you've read books and you were like thinking about the movie you tried to watch it last night and i also was feeling like what am i going to say about this movie you mentioned like layman's two cents or something <laughs> but i i really think that i was pondering it today as i was driving over with playing the lord of the rings soundtrack by howard shore and I was thinking, oh, I've been preparing for this podcast my whole life. <laughs> like, I've been preparing for this podcast. It sounds like something a hobbit would say. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're right. But like, uh, it sounds like we both grew up on this, you know. And uh, I think that even though there are people who know more encyclopedia facts about uh, the Fellowship of the Ring and we're not going to mention your there you listening we're not going to mention your favorite scene or character probably oh uh, that that that's okay. we're at a school we're at a school and <laughs> first hour is starting uh, we uh are taking time in our work day to do this don't tell our bosses <laughs> yeah hopefully our boss does not listen to this <laughs> hello deb <laughs> but yeah so i i just think that it's so special that we as a community can it sometimes i was bitter that lord of the rings was so popular which is the stupidest thing to think to think when you're in middle school or high school now i'm very happy that so many people have read this book and we can share it together and I, that's why i was excited to have you on the podcast because i want to hear other people's viewpoints of this story yeah and um i think that really Peter Jackson and the whole film crew and cast did such a good job pointing in the same direction. And I oh, feel totally, like they yeah. had that community and purpose you're talking about. Yep. And, and some of the b behind the scenes, you know, in the extended edition, the DVD pack, there's Heck all yeah. you know, hours the of appendices. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's really cool. You get to see that very thing, community so awesome. and purpose. Yeah, it's like a little filmmaking tutorial bundle mm -hmm. that you get with your movie. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And for a while, I, I kind of resisted that because I didn't want it to kind of, mm. is the word disenchant? I don't know if that's the right no, word. No, that's but the right word. To kind of disenchant like the, the films. Yeah, you see, yeah. oh my goodness, this is how they did this. Or, uh -huh. um, But 
that's a, a film that I feel like I could, you can appreciate and explore and learn about all the how they made it and still appreciate the film and feel like they don't it, it doesn't ruin or spoil the experience. Totally. And I was just listening to an interview with Stephen Colbert and Peter Jackson because Peter Jackson's getting interviewed oh, yeah. for that new Beatles documentary that's like also nine hours long, I think, something oh, boy. like that. But they had to obviously mention Lord of the Rings and Stephen Colbert yeah. said for him, they exist alongside of each other really well, the movie and the book. Yeah, oh, for sure, the for whole, sure. The whole series. Like, for him, he can he can think of the characters in his brain that are from the book and then watch the movie, and they don't spoil each other. What yeah. a special, amazing thing. It really is, and I don't know, because I was exposed as a 12-year-old to the movie first, I feel like I can't say that as purely as maybe Stephen Colbert, who... who was you know reading the books before the films came out but yeah i just i feel like they go together so nicely and i know that was intentional and required all kinds of hard work from the people doing you know minuscule details on armor and mm -hmm. it, it's but so, yeah that's just beautiful to me and i do think you lose some of that when you even go to the hobbit or it, it seems less the same direction to use your words i think you're so right yeah i think one really cool thing that i was uh thinking about as i was trying to prepare for this episode was if you just take one frame of the movie let's say it's like the bridge of cause of doom where gandalf is fighting the balrog i think that, i think that you can just freeze frame it and really take in like the music think of it's a oh, whole choir oh, it's oh. a whole choir singing that's that's probably like and then the orchestra that's probably 60 to 80 people right there and you also have um the people who do the costuming the makeup the people who do the special effects mm -hmm. and you just get way beyond what we usually say like oh peter jackson did a good job right with this right you've got thousand people yeah involved exactly in <laughs> every minute of the movie not to diminish anybody's role like the cast is great the the director is great but yeah you're right anybody who sat there after watching the movie and <laughs> just seen the the thousands of names scrolling yes, in yeah. the credits is insane so i think that is such a beautiful picture of community going towards one purpose yep and and uh, and that's why i would use the word masterpiece I, I i think i think in many ways it's just a masterpiece of a movie when you realize so many people involved and how it comes together so perfectly and powerfully yes and to get a little bit more specific is there any moment or character or kind of maybe scene that 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 sticks out to you it feels like oh this is Bryant's little <laughs> treasure <laughs> boy you know there's so many and that's why oh someone some famous director I'm sure you'd know who they were I can't think of who they are off the top of my head I was listening to a podcast the other day and they said uh you don't really walk out of a movie thinking about the plot you walk out kind of shaped by a scene mm -hmm. or two mm-hmm and it's scenes that stick with you more than the overall plot. And I think there are so many scenes in the fellowship that that kind of leave their their imprint. And boy, yeah, from and that again, kind of the 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 journey part of it. There's so many different environments they're in. But for some reason, I love 
at the the prancing pony mm-hmm. when they're kind of huddled around the table here you've got this group of hobbits who yeah. you know a few minutes ago were living their lives in the shire and now they've taken this first step beyond that safe known place mm-hmm. and they're surrounded by all these people they don't recognize they don't know and they're just kind of like leaning in toward one another at this table and it's something about that i just love and then you meet strider and there's there are a number of moments like that where it's just like oh so good when they when they go into lorian when they're in yeah the the places i think the settings are what make it so like oh it's a new i'm sorry i'm not being super eloquent just something about each of those images i feel like you could get a a series of pictures to represent each of the the spaces they go to but then it just like summarizes the movement of the movie yeah such rich atmosphere yeah and texture and world building and i feel like you're right if you did take just a picture of each place i think there would be a really cool rhythm to it of like peace in the shire flourishing um the the like blues of running through the floor forest uh running away from the nazgul and then you've got like these warmer colors with the candlelight and like even strider's pipe uh glowing on his face um and then you go kind of rhythmically through peril to respite so like casa doom and moria you have all the orcs and the the fire of, of the balrog and then you have um the Lothlorien, the the kind of reprieve from that. So I think there's a good balance that Tolkien had mm-hmm. with peril and intensity and like let's in a way process what just happened, you know. And that balance I think has shaped every book sense and every film in similar genres since. Like I think they're all probably consciously or subconsciously trying to achieve that balance. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it when a film or a TV series now there's so many that that it's just like oh that's not quite the same balance as as lord of the rings had mm-hmm. yeah i love how timeless this series is like it came out in 2001 mm-hmm. and they didn't plan this but it was i think in december so that's like two months december after 19 9 yeah 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 yes and that was okay being a total outsider i remember after seeing the movie and then finding out the next movie was going to be called The Two Towers. Yeah. Oh and I just word. kind of assumed that it was. <laughs> they kind of changed course. Tolkien saw the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I had no. And then, of <laughs> totally, course, someone totally. said. I think, it, yeah, someone said, no, I think that was actually what the book was called. And I thought, no, there's no way. Like, the, the movie makers had to, like, make some sort of connection to the current moment. Totally. What a weird coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really was. <laughs> it's not even just actually about the two towers uh, it's called the two yeah, towers yeah. you know so it just seems a little it seems like a weird two on the title. nose <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it is a weird title um speaking of it coming out in december i wondered if you could help me figure out because i've been mulling this over um why oh boy, i know what you're gonna ask yeah like, i got nothing why does this series lord lord of the rings feel like christmas movies yeah, I wonder if it's just because people experienced it at Christmas, you know, when those who saw it in the theater or it just kind of is associated in their minds with Christmas. Besides that, I don't know. Like there's not. We talked about that before you and I did about Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's at least like a Christmas scene. Yeah. 
and, and there's and snow a, falling and like it's got the warm hearth feeling yeah and and there's like the warm hearth feeling at the shire at the beginning but mm-hmm. besides that i don't know <laughs> there's got to be some i think you're right they it started out as association you know you have a christmas time and the movies came out and that was super exciting that was just exhilarating but then you, i think there are those themes and the universality if that's a word to the story that uh, allows you to come back to it for one of those Lothlorien reprieves in your life you know you need yeah, you yeah. need to like reflect and and i think christmas time allows that literal time like you have more time <laughs> with your family and uh it's not like a, a inappropriate movie like r-rated movie you could watch it with the whole family pretty much to a certain extent yeah my daughters and i are watching it tonight just kidding <laughs> Probably won't. my youngest is one so <laughs> yeah maybe not i've heard from a lot of my friends that they were got like a bunch of nightmares from Orcs Some of the orcs and, yeah. and just scary urukai. I could see that. Like that. But I, but I think there's something to be said that they're longer movies. You have more time. Um, they really give the, you those heartfelt feelings that you want from a Christmas story, a Christmas movie. Like if you think of it, it's a wonderful life. You have these low lows that get you yes, to these yep. amazing realizations of how valuable life is. Lord of the Rings comes to mind is like you know you have Gandalf's death that's super like the lowest of low for Frodo. And then you have, you know, Sam showing that how loyal he is amidst all the chaos. So you have those moments of such heartwarming, um, like very, 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 they feel real and genuine and authentic. These, these moments of, yeah, it's true. Testing of right? friendship. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's true. <laughs> it's, yeah. I think, I think there's just that, I don't know how else to say it. I remember I had a, um, in ninth grade, I had a teacher. I was reading The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and the teacher kind of laughed and said, like, why are you wasting your time reading something that's not true? And I didn't have the the thought at the time. <laughs> just at the time, we're like, it is true. Yeah, I was just like, it's good. Leave me alone. <laughs> but now I, I wish I could go back and say, like, no, no, this is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's yeah okay of course it's fiction but it, this is true that that fiction and stories in general have the ability to communicate the most true things in a way that just cold hard facts or a PowerPoint slide <laughs> can't get at right yes. and that's yeah maybe that's why we, we another reason why we watch or associate it with Christmas um, this story right at least I mean I, th- I think whether you're a Christian or not. Christmas time is set aside like there's this story that you feel like you're caught up in at Christmas time and yeah that's what Lord of the Rings is I feel like Lord of the Rings is sometimes a good way to reflect on the spirituality of life just because um, there's 
like magic, but it's subtle and there's an undercurrent to the whole series. Yes, yes. And oh, definitely. It's not in your face magic. No, it's not. And, and it's it's something where you you don't know exactly what Gandalf is murmuring under his breath. Yes. But yes. there's like this weird sort of and you can feel the history in the whole series. Yes. And then if you go into like the Silmarillion, you realize, oh, well, like Gandalf is of the Maiar, like across the yes, ocean. Yes, yes, And so yes. like it's subtle, but there's so much rich history and that's what the filmmakers did so well they didn't even though they went to this painstaking detail of alluding to all these things in the past yeah they don't put it in your face to be like oh no. look what we did you know yeah. like, we were very careful with this detail <laughs> they they're subtle uh-huh. and so when you tune in and you pay attention you're like oh my goodness then it's you you get a sense for the richness without them flaunting it in your face and then it, it, it yeah builds this real appreciation a scene that comes to mind is I think maybe in the only the extended edition where Aragorn like goes hunting and kills a deer and then yeah. as he's like cooking it sings a little song about Baron and Luthien. Yes, yes. And yes, like yes. you can go back to the story of Baron and Luthien and be like, There's parallels here between Aragorn and Arwen and so yep. there's a reason why you might see Aragorn singing this song to himself. But you don't need to know the story of Baron and Luthien because Aragorn explains it a little bit, but you don't need to know that because you feel the emotion that, that mm-hmm, Viggo Mortensen mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the character of Aragorn is giving off. So Amen. I feel like, yeah, there's there's this whole iceberg of, of work and preparation yes, yes. that the whole series has and Tolkien himself. And then you get to see the top of the iceberg and, and you feel the rest of the three-fourths of the iceberg under Amen. the water. Amen. Even if you're not explicitly aware of the details, you feel the iceberg. That's mm-hmm. a great way of, of saying it. That's You yeah. ought to TM that sucker right there. You <laughs> can make some money off of that. That's nice. Feel the iceberg. <laughs> and that's, boy, yeah. Oh, the characters, I'm just thinking about. I, I For a while there, sometimes, you know, right now in, especially the, the realm of television, there's... Um, I think I don't know if the word is appreciation of kind of complex characters, right? There's no good guy or bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's especially in like political dramas or it really any series. Yeah, trying or, to like make three dimensional characters. Yeah, and you realize that oh, a yeah, good, good, the good character, quote unquote, makes really sometimes wicked decisions, and <laughs> and it's just like oh, it's more, it rings more true that that we're complicated creatures and. And for a while, orcs to me felt like a cop out. That's like, oh, you just got these bad guys who you can kill. And it's yeah. like, yeah, they're, of course, they're entirely evil. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that's fair. And that's why I do love Boromir. Yes. I love, I mean, they're yes. so, even Aragorn himself, like, you don't really get, you, you don't even know because it hasn't happened yet. Like, who is he going to be? Yeah. There's the line in the books, at least, at the Council of Elrond, where he says, Oh boy, he's talking about Isildur and, and says, says, look, I'm not Isildur. I'm, I'm just the heir of Isildur. And yeah. it's like, yeah, we don't know what uh-huh. this guy's going to do. He could flop. He could he could become something, make something of himself, the sword reforge, all these things. But you don't really know. There, there's like this anticipation, but hope, but could be a disaster. Yeah. And then Boromir kind of takes this path of giving into temptation but then even then he's honored in the in the books and in the movies he's honored in his death and it's just like wow that's true (laughs) this is all true these characters are true i definitely resonate with that i went through a phase where i was like lord of the rings it's a little too black and white like good people bad people 
Game of Thrones is like really <laughs> where it's at. I think both have their value, but I have definitely strayed away from that phase where I think you're right. I'm so glad Tolkien included Boromir and you're right. The, 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 the ambiguity, the nuance of mm-hmm. even uh, Gandalf when, you know, he's offered the ring and he's oh, like, don't yes. tempt so me, good. Frodo, yes. you know? So they're, they're not these perfect people, even if they have these amazing powers. And I like that in the films, they include that line. <clears throat> I think it's Saruman who says, yeah, that the orcs were elves once. Yeah. And that that makes it a little bit more complicated too, a little bit less settled. Like, oh, wait, what? And I've often thought that, you know, I don't know if it's natural or not, but to leave a movie thinking like, which character am I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, be? I think it's natural. And and sometimes it's like, at least I want to be an elf character, <laughs> right? And sometimes yeah. like, I think maybe looking at a week of my life there's maybe i'm a hobbit i'm an elf and an orc yeah. maybe in the same week <laughs> totally yeah and i think um these were ways for tolkien to process his life mm-hmm. like he, he he was in world war one as a soldier and a lot of people theorize and i think there's good evidence for it is that like the people who are his best buddies right there in the trenches with him are kind of immortalized through the hobbit characters like these four you know they're related but they're they're bonded by friendship and experience Mm -hmm. um and i just thought i don't think sam's related to any of them but that's okay Um, they're all from the same place and i think it's a really cool way to kind of process and try to i i guess the right word might i can't think of the right word but to work through your life what a wonderful gift fiction is oh yeah oh, you yeah. know i think i think it's not an analogy tolkien has talked a lot about that but it is a way to uh, try to try to make sense and and find that purpose in your life that you were talking about so if anyone's like having a really hard time i think you should try writing down some fiction or poetry or even prose and try to see how that might help you when it comes to, I wouldn't say figuring out your life, but just, um, it's like, it's like processing. It's yeah. A bit. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That, that's so true. And I read, uh, the Humphrey Carpenter biography. It's, I was told it's the best biography. You have to read it on Tolkien. Mm-hmm. And it delved into that a little bit. And the part that I found interesting was, and of course this is a, a biographer, analyzing a life after the fact but there was there was almost like a sense of dissatisfaction that came through in the biography in the the later half of his life that it was almost like comparing with when it comes to community and purpose it's explicit in the in a story and in fiction you can kind of you know there's no scene where somebody's going to the bathroom or just (laughs) kind of Wait, you know, there's, it's like just the, I'm sorry, that was a weird example. No, going to the bathroom, it makes sense. There's like the other stuff of real life yeah. and the monotony. That's not, that doesn't come through in a book or a movie. Um, and it was just interesting, even thinking about some of, especially with the female characters, like Galadriel, who he kind of puts on these pedestals and then his relationship with his wife. And, and it was kind of this like, it got at this yearning or this desire in Tolkien that I think he's also processing some of his most important desires and values are coming through in his book, but they weren't always fully realized in his life. 
And that, I thought that was interesting too. It, it's a way to process your actual life, but it's also a way that you can work out the dissonance between the desires in us and our actual Tuesday life. I think Tuesday is just a boring day I chose. <laughs> I think that there's a lot to unpack there. And I, I really like that because so often life, when you, when you just think about it for a second is chaos and, and so confusing. But the more I spend time really reflecting on my life, I see themes, I see repetition, I see rhythm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I see like myself going through similar arcs or like, Oh, that's, that's, that's something that I need to watch out for because it's, it's happened or I've been a part of this a few times. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you slowly, if you take time to, to reflect and for yourself with your life, you slowly begin to see patterns. And I think that's just what a gift. What a yeah. beautiful, beautiful gift is that, that, that life isn't meaningless. Life has that purpose and, and you can share it with a community. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I don't know how much of the, the kind of the faith angle we can delve into, but go for it. Boy, for me. Yeah. I, there, I don't want to be careful of my words here. Sometimes as a, as a Christian, sometimes, um, so apologetics is this realm within Christianity. It's, it's like a, a rational, logical, um, sometimes defense of the faith, sometimes trying to, to articulate Christianity in terms of logic and reason <clears throat> and philosophy. And, and sometimes it can be really helpful, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and I'm certainly not knocking it. For me, though, it's always fallen short. Um, as a Christian, I think I can say that we, you know, we don't have the data for everything. If we did it, wouldn't it be faith, right? And, and sometimes I wonder if the most, if we're talking purely logic or purely rationale, is maybe the most logical conclusion <clears throat> to be agnostic, to say, I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I don't even have a way of knowing the, <clears throat> the big broad truth, like of who we are, how we got here, all, all those big questions that religion answers. And for me, it's, it's, the, it's the kind of truth you experience in a Lord of the Rings or a Harry Potter or even a Narnia where it says, hey, okay, there are, when it comes to meaning, mm -hmm. And it paints this beautiful portrait of meaning. And I'm not sure it's logic at that point, but for me, kind of on this precipice of agnosticism to say, I'm going to take a step into the, the realm of faith. And I'm going to even claim this story as my own. And I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'm going to, uh, and, and I'm, I'm in. For me, it's not like, a, oh yeah, like the, I've you know, analyzed all the data and I'm good to make that decision for me. It's like, no, like these themes, this meaning is calling me and I can't deny that. I don't know if that's logic or if that's just like my gut or my toes at that point, but I'm going that direction, you know, holding, I've got four daughters holding these little girls in my arms. I'm like, don't like this can't not mean something. Yeah. That that's just, I, I don't have the data. I don't have, you know, but I, this can't not mean something. And it's stories like Lord of the Rings that's expressed so beautifully in the films that remind me of that very true thing. Maybe the most true thing that like this matters, that these themes, that it's true. 
it's not quantifiable necessarily, but it's true. Mm-hmm. I think if that my, makes any sense. It makes total sense to me. One of my favorite words you used was experience. You you can't be told the story of God. You have to experience. Yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Amen. And that's why you know sometimes when people. I'll occasionally meet with parents who will say something to the effect. I'm a chaplain, by the way, at a, at a high school. In case, hi, nice to meet you. Um, and sometimes parents will say something to the effect of like, oh, I'm really concerned my kid is going to go off to college and, and leave the faith behind. And I'll often at least think and maybe sometimes say, you know, I'm not my, my greater concern would be that your son or daughter goes off to college, leaves the faith behind. And nothing really changes. <laughs> like their life just kind of goes on as it did before because it was just, it existed in their brain. Like, yeah, I think this is true. It was nothing experienced. It was nothing. It was not a story that they were caught up in mm-hmm. that to leave that behind would require this death. I mean, it's, it can't leave this story behind. Um, but yeah, so, and I think you're right. Experiencing the story of God, ex- experiencing these deep truths that come out in the in the films and, and Lord of the Rings, that also come out in the scriptures. Blah, right. blah, blah, blah. I know. No, not blah, blah, blah. I really couldn't agree more. And unfortunately, our time together is coming to a close. But I just want to thank you for talking and helping us process what a beautiful story the Fellowship of the Ring is. So good. Thank you, Isaac. I love, love you, man. You're an awesome, awesome friend. Appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you. And we will see you all later. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful Christmas time. Peace, 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 peace. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. <laughs>